Turn to Romans chapter 8, and we've been in a series entitled Drawing Closer to God, The Secrets of Prayer. By the way, how are you doing on your prayer and fasting? You doing good? Oh, good. <laughs> one, one person is doing great, so that's great. You know, I was thinking about this this last week. This is the first church-wide fast we've called, and uh, we don't do anything without doing it with excellence. So the first one we call is a 40-day fast. For some of you, you've never been on a fast. It seems like if we'd have thought this through, we would have done a, a one-day fast a few years ago, and then a three-day, and then a seven-day. You know what? I'm, I'm sorry that we started with a 40-day fast. You will have good days, and you will have bad days. But spiritually, you're going to have 40 good days, and then 365. So anyway, we're talking about prayer. This week, I'm going to talk about the prayer of intercession. Now, I want to share with you some things about intercession, but I'm going to get right into the points, all right? The first point is Jesus is interceding. Jesus is interceding. Now, Romans 8, look at verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Now, that's kind of hard to understand. What he's saying is, who can condemn us since Christ died for us? It's Christ who died for us. And furthermore, is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions before I, I want to read another verse to you, all right? Where is Christ? According to this scripture, where is Christ? At the right hand of the Father, right? And what is He doing? He's making intercession for us, according to this, right? Okay. Let me read you one more, and then I'll talk about it some more. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore He is also able... To save to the uttermost those who come to God through Him since. Again, you can substitute the word because. Because or since He always lives to make intercession for them. Now, here's my question for you. It says Jesus is able to save to the uttermost because or since He always lives to make intercession for us. Is Jesus praying for us right now? Now, don't answer. Okay? Is Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father continually, 24 hours a day, praying? Since He always lives to make intercession for us. Is the reason that He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to Him because He's praying for us? Let me say it one more way. Is Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father continually yakking? Okay, I'm going to shock you about intercession. Intercession is not a prayer. Intercession is a work. Now, let me explain that to you. You can pray the prayer of intercession. You can pray a prayer of intercession. But intercession in itself is not a prayer. It's a work. For instance, can you pray a prayer of faith? Can you? James 5, if anyone is sick, bring the elders on the prayer of faith. The Bible talks about a prayer of faith. So you can pray the prayer of faith, but is faith a prayer? No. It's a work. 
It's something that we do. Faith without works is dead. If, you, if your faith isn't working, it's not faith. It's got to work. It's got to do something, right? Okay. So I'm going to say this again. And this is going to give you a whole new perspective on prayer and on what we call intercessory prayer. Intercession is not a prayer. It is a work. But you can pray a prayer of intercession because of the work that Jesus did. I don't believe Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father constantly praying for us. I believe that He did a work for us, and the reason that He is able to save to the uttermost every person who comes to Him is because He did the work of intercession. Intercession means to bring two parties together, to join two things together, to join two persons together, an advocate, a mediator. And I'm going to go ahead and say this even though we're in church. Don't get mad at me for saying a bad word. A lawyer. (laughs) Sorry about that. You're a lawyer. Jesus is our representative to the Father. He represents us to the Father. But here's what else He did. He represented the Father to us. Jesus came and represented the Father to us. He said, if you want to know what the Father's like, look at me. He came as a representation of the Father. And now, He goes before the throne, listen, as a representation of me. The only reason that I can have a relationship with the Father is because Jesus has brought us together through the work of the cross. That's what intercession means. I'm trying to give you a fuller understanding of intercession because you can pray a prayer of bringing things together, but intercession in itself is not a prayer. It is a work, and it is a work that Jesus did. Now, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for intercession is, I think, 60-something times. I didn't write the exact number down. But only a few times is it ever translated intercession. It's normally translated differently. Remember, it means where two things come together. Let me show you a different translation. This is the word intercession, all right? But let me show it to you. Joshua 17, verse 10 says, Southward, it was Ephraim's. Now, it's talking about a border. And northward, it was Manasseh's. And the sea, it's border on one side. And watch these three words. And they met together. Talking about the borders. They met together in Asher on the north and in Issachar on the east. Those words, they met together, is the Hebrew word for intercession. That's, that's what it means. And they came together. They met together. And this is talking about borders. That's all it's talking about. And they came together. Now, there is an English word that's close to the English word intercession. What might that be? Intersection. An intersection is where two roads come together. This is what the word intercession means. It's where two ways come together. That's what prayer is. But here's my goal in prayer, is that my way intersects with God's way. I want to get my way to cross paths with God's way and begin going God's way. That's what prayer is. I'm trying to figure out what is God's way in this situation in my children's life, and I want to intersect my prayers with God's way. You understand what I'm saying? Let me show you another Time when intercession, the Hebrew word is in the Old Testament, but it's not translated intercession. Joshua 19.11. And their border went up toward the sea and hard word and reached to harder word and reached to the river that is before hardest word. Okay, now 
the words here reach to. That's the Hebrew word. Okay? That is the same word, intercession. These, these borders reach to. Here's what I want you to understand. When we couldn't reach to God, He reached to us. That's the work of intercession. When our borders couldn't come close to God's borders, He expanded His borders to reach to our borders. That's what He did. That's the work of intercession. Now, let me show you a time when it is translated intercessor. Isaiah 59, verse 16. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. There's the work of intercession. Here's what he said. God looked down from heaven and said, there's no one that can reach man. There's no way man can reach us. And he wondered there was no intercessor, there was no mediator, there was no advocate, there was no one to stand between God and man. Do you remember last week we read the scripture in Ezekiel 22 where God said, And I looked for a man that would stand in the gap and make up the heads that I would not destroy them. Okay, listen to me carefully. That, even that scripture, is a prophetic messianic scripture. And most people have never thought about it that way. God said, I looked for a man that would stand in the gap, that would stand in the middle, that would, for me, for the people, and I didn't find anyone. Well, let me just tell you something. Here's what this verse is saying. Jesus wondered that there was no one to stand in the middle, so he stood in the middle himself. That's what it's saying. He became that man and stood between the justice of God and brought us close to the mercy of God. Now, one other scripture on this. The whole chapter of Isaiah 53 is a messianic chapter. Most of you know that. Surely he's borne our griefs, carried away our sorrows. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. Uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone his own way. Okay, you know Isaiah 53, all right? So, let me show you the last verse in this messianic prophetic chapter. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great... He shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Now, let's think about what the intercession is. Here's what it says. He bore the transgression of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. He didn't make a prayer for us. See, intercession is not a prayer. It is a work. Jesus didn't make a prayer for us. He made a bridge. He made a way to God. I'm telling you, this, this thought is going to come alive in you the next time you pray. And you're going to understand that your prayers are the bridge between the person you're praying for and God. Are you catching this? You should be more excited than you are. That's what intercession is. It's a bridge. So, Jesus is interceding for us, bridging the gap right now. Now, let me tell you who else is interceding. The Holy Spirit. In Romans, the Holy Spirit is interceding. Romans 8, you still in Romans 8? Look at verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know, we do not know, this is the Bible... We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself 
makes intercession. Doesn't pray, makes a bridge for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, again, I'm stretching you this. Is the Holy Spirit praying for us? I don't think so. I think He's praying with us. I think He's helping us to pray. This verse says we don't know what we should pray. So the Spirit helps our weaknesses. This word helps means when two persons mutually bear a load and carry the load. When two persons mutually bear a load and carry a load. See, prayer is transferring our burdens to God. Prayer is when you go in a closet and you give your burden to God. If you walk out of the closet and you still have your burden, you didn't pray, you just griped. Prayer is when you go in and you cast all of your cares on Him, for He cares for you. Prayer is when you say to God, I can't bear this. I give it to you. And you stay in that closet until the burden comes off of you. Because if you walk out of it with the burden, you were never intended to carry burdens. Sheep are not burden-bearing animals. You've never heard a guy saying, I'm going on an expedition and I need to get me some pack-bearing sheep. Sheep cannot carry burdens. So how do we get our burden to the Lord then if we can't even carry the burden? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit mutually bears the burden with us. Comes alongside of us and carries the burden and teaches us what to pray. He tells us what to pray. He helps us present our case before the throne of God. We're talking, but He's telling us what to say and how to say it. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to help. And it says He knows the mind of the Spirit. Now, what part of God is His mind? It's His will. What is your mind a part of your? Is it part of your spirit? No. Is it part of your body? No. It's part of your soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you want to know what God's will is... Get to know the Holy Spirit because He knows the mind, the will of God, so that when you pray, you can pray according to the mind of the Spirit, or you can pray according to the will of God. Please hear me say this. You will never live the successful Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. He is the one that helps us, and He helps our weaknesses. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Think about it this way. Who is it, do you think, that got the church to be afraid of the Holy Spirit? Obviously the devil. So we have to learn to pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray, here's what the Holy Spirit is doing. He is trying to bring our will together with God's will. That's what He's doing. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but you might be thinking along a certain way. And when you start praying about it, you start thinking a different way. You ever notice that? You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is helping you pray because you don't know what you ought to pray about it. Or you're thinking a certain way, and the more you pray about it, or while you're praying, let's say it this way, while you're praying, you get an idea. You get a thought. Well, just to let you know, if you don't already know, you're not that smart. 
You didn't come up with that. The Holy Spirit came up with that and prompted you to be able to pray the way you're praying. This couple said to me one time, they said, we're trying to buy this house and we're trying to close and we're doing all this. And they said, would you pray that we get the house? So I said, sure, I'll pray. I know what it's like to to want to be in a nicer neighborhood, better school system or whatever. Sure, I'll pray. So I was praying. Well, while I was praying, I began to hear myself say. Have you ever done that? While you're praying, you just hear yourself say something that you weren't even thinking of. And I started praying about, God, if that's not the house that you have for them, if that's not your will, I pray, Lord, that they'll find out some things that they didn't know about the house, and I pray they'll lose their peace and pull out of it. That's what I pray. So about a week later, I see the guy and I said, hey, what happened on that house? He said, well, we uh, were kind of moving that way. And he said, exact words, he said, we found out some things we didn't know and we lost our peace and pulled out. (laughs) Now, let me tell you who already knew those things about the house. The Holy Spirit. You understand what I'm saying? And the Holy Spirit... When they said pray, while I'm praying, the Holy Spirit, who knew the mind of God, began praying the mind of God through me, began helping me to pray. And as He helped me to pray, then I prayed the will of God for them, see? All right. So, Jesus is interceding. The Holy Spirit is interceding. Well, here's my question. If Jesus is interceding and the Holy Spirit is interceding, do you think maybe you should intercede? So, here's the third point. We should be interceding. We should be interceding. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, this just backs up what I was saying earlier. If intercession is prayer, then why did he say prayers and intercessions? Why do you use two words there? Yet, you can pray an intercessory prayer. You can pray a prayer that is standing between God and the person and try to bring them together by your prayers. And as a matter of fact, if we don't, they're not going to come together. I told you last week, what we're doing when we pray is we're trying to get heaven on earth. We're trying to get God's will as it is in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here's what intercessory prayer is. I'm standing between this situation on earth and heaven when I pray. And I'm taking hold of heaven, and I'm taking hold of earth, and I'm praying, and I'm trying to bring them together for that situation. Are you following me? Okay. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say that you want to pray for your son, John, and your son, John, doesn't know the Lord yet. And so here's how you pray an intercessory prayer. The first thing you do is you take hold of heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's where Jesus said, you take hold of heaven before you pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing you do is you say, Father, I'm, I, I come to your throne today. And I take hold of your throne by the mercy and grace of God. And I thank you that by your grace, I can come into your presence today. And I praise you because you are a great and awesome God. And I praise you because you have all power and you know your will in this situation. And I want to give you the glory right now. And you just begin taking hold of God in your prayer. And then you take hold of John and you say, now, Father, in your presence, I'm bringing John to you today. And Lord, I ask you to surround John with your angels and to protect him. Lord, I ask you to cause all evil influences 
to not want to be around John and to leave him. God, I ask you to cut off even friends who are evil influences in John's life. And I know, Lord, that it is your will that John be saved. And so, Lord, I ask you to save him by the power of the Holy Spirit, to convict him by the Holy Spirit. And you begin pray. You understand what I'm saying? Can you imagine if every person here began praying like that for people? If every person began taking hold of heaven and taking hold of earth and being the intercessor, doing the work of intercession, being the person that's in between, the man or the woman that's standing in the gap for a situation. If you took hold of God and you took hold of your children every day in prayer, do you think things would change? You better believe they would change. That's, that's the prayer of intercession. All right? That's what it is. Now, let me share one uh, illustration with you. I was ministering, and a matter of fact, David was there at the time. When he was with Pastor Clark Whitten before Orlando, he and Pastor Clark were in Oklahoma City. And it was a church there. And I was ministering prophetically, and a lady came up, and I got this word for her about prayer. And I said, you know how to pray. You have been a prayer warrior for years. You've prayed through some intense situation, some battle, and you've just prayed it through. And you've seen God move and you've seen God work. And God wants to use you to help others in prayer and encourage others in prayer, especially. And she was there by herself. Uh, she was uh, a widow, I assume, because of her age. But I didn't know. I didn't know anything about her. And I said, but I said, especially you're going to help ladies know how to pray for their husbands to get saved because you did that. Well, afterwards, Pastor Clark said, you need to hear this lady's story. And so uh, she shared with me her story afterwards. She had been married to a man, I think it was in the neighborhood of 40 years. You might remember, David, and you tell me after the service. And, but um, uh, she'd been married to this man who was not a Christian, and she prayed for him for all that time. And one day he was killed in a car accident on a business trip. And about a month later, she got a phone call. And the man on the other end of the line said, is so-and-so there, and asked for her husband. And she said, well, no, I'm sorry to tell you, he passed away. And the man said, well, I'm so sorry, and began talking to the woman for a moment. And she said, uh, he said, when did he pass away? And she said he passed away on a business trip about a month ago. And the man got real quiet on the other end of the phone, and he said, was it a business trip in so-and-so state? She said, yes. And he said, do you mind if I ask you what day? He passed away on, and she told him. And then he said, ma'am, did you talk to your husband that day? And she said, no, I didn't. And he said, well, I've got good news for you then. He said, I'm a businessman. And God told me, and I've never done this before, God told me to go out to the highway and hitchhike. And I went out to the highway in my suit and put my thumb out. And your husband picked me up, and I led your husband to the Lord that day, and he was going to call you that night and tell you because he said you'd been praying for him for all those years. Listen to me very carefully. God answers prayer. You can take hold of heaven, and you can take hold of earth, and you can do the work of intercession. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you through this message? Do you have a situation in your life right now that you need to take hold of heaven for? 
that you need heaven and earth to intersect, to come together? Are you a person like that husband that you need to get saved, that you need to give your life to the Lord tonight? You're not here by accident. You're here because God has been drawing you to Himself because He loves you and He wants to change your life. So if you're here tonight and you want to give your life to the Lord in just a moment, we're going to have a time where you can come to one of our leaders at the altar and say, I need to get right with God. I need to come back to God. I need to give my life to God. And we'll help you. If you're here tonight and you need prayer about something, you can come and pray a prayer of agreement with someone that's here at the altar. So if you need prayer, I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand and Pastor Walker's going to sing. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to make up your mind that you're just going to step out and come when we stand up. And if you're here today and you need to give your life to the Lord, make up your mind right now. There will be other people coming. You won't be the only one that as soon as we stand up, you're just going to stand up and step out and come. I'm going to pray. After I pray, then we'll stand up. And altar ministry team, I just need you to come as soon as we stand. You come as quickly as you can. And then if you're here and you need prayer or you need to give your life to the Lord, then I want you just to step out and come to one of our leaders here at the front. Lord, I pray tonight that you would draw every person. Father, I want to take hold of heaven and take hold of earth. And I want to be the intercessor tonight that stands in the gap for every person that needs to come to Christ, that needs to be saved today. Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name that they would come. And Lord, for believers who need to come for prayer, I pray they will come. In Jesus' name, amen.